0: hello everybody we are back episode 11 of deep crypto we've survived 11 of these that's right um and uh we're back with the the hostess with the mostest Claire Grafson who by the way her dad is more famous than she is can you just talk about this for a second what happened on Twitter Yeah,
1: so, I mean, I'm not the biggest tweeter. I like to lurk, but um, my dad has been picking up stand-up comedy during the pandemic, and I think it's the coolest, most, like, fun thing in the world. And so he had his first show last week, and I just posted a picture of him in his cute little blazer and Reeboks, and it blew up. So my dad has a lot more love and pull on my own social media than I do. Well-deserved. He is much funnier and nicer than I am. <laughs> but it was a great way to see the community kind of come around. And I also could be like, see, Dad, this is what I do for a living. Like, I tweet.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Did you put a booking link in the, in the, you know, like some people put, you know, their the link to the SoundCloud on like a thread that blows up. And then this, that's become a meme the, in itself.
1: The raftsons are a modest bunch. We, uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> I asked my dad if he wanted any attention. Like people are were actually DMing me about him and uh he he wants to remain i think he he has a couple more practice runs before he takes it to the big screens
0: all right well tell tell pops that i'm i'm uh, now i'm his manager and i've received i'm receiving the bookings and if he wants to uh you know if he wants to talk i'm happy to cut a cut him in to the right
1: i will let let Pop in (laughs) now
0: nice uh well welcome everybody we have a great show uh today uh reshma is back on her tour so she is out uh, this week. She's back next week. Um, but we don't care because we got Claire. Uh, and um, I've actually known uh, Ali, one of our two amazing guests, for almost 10 years. Actually, we met at Techstars in 2013. Let's bring, let's bring in Ali and Alex. Um, and we recently reconnected um, around their incredible work uh, on Meta Angels. And um, they are um, needless to say, very deep in uh the web 3 world, um, the NFT world. Um and I'm gonna give you a quick, I'm gonna give you a very quick uh your quick bios. Alex, you're the CEO and co-founder of Meta Angels. And Meta Angels, by the way, is an NFT membership community uh harnessing the metaverse to unlock real life opportunities. So we're gonna talk about that. Um Meta Angels has pioneered the first of its kind NFT lending technology on the blockchain. Um, Alex is also the co founder of Angel Labs, a Web3 accelerator that takes experienced operators and Web3 creators from concept to mint. Uh, before Web3, you co founded The Muse, uh, which, by the way, I think we're a tiny shareholder in by virtue of some acquisition. Uh, possible. <laughs> uh, so amazing. Uh, and that company is obviously alive and kicking. Um, and, Ali, um, you're also an incredible co-founder of Meta Angels. You're a serial entrepreneur, MBA writer, keynote speaker. I know we met at Techstars, right? You said 2013? Yeah, did, 2013. Um, and you've known Reshma actually longer than me. Um, yeah, we
2: met in politics uh, in the early aughts, uh, which is crazy to think about that it's been almost 20 years.
0: Amazing. And you have a company called Stellar Reviews.
2: I do. Uh, So we went through Techstars uh, back in 2013. We started as a company called WeSpring, and on the Stellar side, we help brands get their earliest reviews on new product launches. Uh, And the common thread that runs between WeSpring and Stellar and what we're doing with the Angels now is around trust and community, and building communities of trust, and leveraging First Web 2 uh, for me and for Alex with the news technology to do so, and now leveraging and harnessing Web 3 technology.
1: That's awesome, and so I guess just to dive in there, would love to just hear the origin story behind Meta Angels. How did yeah. how did this come about?
2: Absolutely. So, um, so like many, uh, I was watching the NFT space from the sidelines for a while, looking at it, trying to make sense of it, um, and had a light bulb moment when I started to see and understand that the NFT world that we're living in right now is uh, with. Profile picture projects, PFP is like Board Apes and CryptoPunk and World of Women. Um, It's a hybrid of a personal brand and membership card. So the personal brand is that that avatar that you're using on Twitter to signal who you are and what you care about and what your values are. In the same way you used to carry a Louis Vuitton bag walking down the street of New York City versus a New Yorker tote. Uh, those, those things signal different things. Um, and with the, uh, the NFT, end, it really is an entry card into a community of people who are like-minded, who share those same values and care about those same things. Uh, and when those two pieces clicked for me, um, you know, I started looking around and thinking about what else tokenization could be. Uh, And, you know, looking at cars and thinking can we be tokenizing cars like Zipcar and can we tokenize timeshares and can we tokenize college textbooks and then getting more abstract and thinking can we tokenize access and opportunity in the way that I had access to the Techstars network um, and all the opportunities that came around. For Alex, it was Y Combinator. Uh, Is there a way to leverage this technology to open those traditionally gated networks to people who might not otherwise have access to them Uh, and give them a way to join and and a way to enter? And really, it started as an experiment to explore just that. Um, We found a really talented, Artist in Sarana Hayata, who is an Australian woman, Mama War, uh, who was living in remote Aboriginal Australia when we connected with her first. She had just sold her first NFT a few weeks before, um, and now, you know, over the course of less than six months, is now one of the most in demand artists in the space uh, one of her pieces, her pieces recently sold for 5.5 eth um, really transformational opportunities with nfts right now to bring people together to provide opportunity um, and to really make a meaningful impact
0: what i mean do you think that nfts are going to completely kind of transform the art world are, i mean are we at the tip of the spear on that or um is there a lot more to go or is this kind of a, you know a fad
2: we're we're at the like tippy tip of the spear i'll let you take yes. this one alex
3: you no know, i was saying you, you, you'll need to do the the sort of wheel spiel as well in a minute but i think i mean i think we're very much at the beginning i think it will evolve it will not always look exactly the way that it looks right now but the fact that creators can actually participate in and take a cut of whatever happens with their art is both transformative and a form of equity Right, like when you think about how people, you know, actually make a lot of money in a capitalistic society on a lot of things that are created, and it's frequently not, you know, returned back to the creator. The fact that it's built into the technology, I think it's one of the things that is really transformative. Now, there are positives and negatives with blockchain technology and with the ecosystem of Web3 right now, just like with any technological innovations, there's going to be the good and the bad that comes with you know, the good and the bad of humanity, but there's a lot of potential in it. And I think that's what's so interesting to us is how do we explore that potential, push it forward and use it for good, like ultimately, you know?
1: That's awesome. Can you walk us through a bit how the Meta Angels community
3: works, like how you're harnessing it exactly? Yes. Um, So, I mean, our vision with Men Angels, and there's more that we're doing with Angel Labs as well, but is to create really a membership community that's founded around the values of generosity, transparency, and accessibility. Um, What that means is that we are inviting like-minded people to come join us um, and to open up those doors. So we have what we call the wishing well. So there's, you know, once you're a member, you have access to member-only channels, and you can post and ask for anything, whether it's, I'm interviewing at Deloitte, does anyone have an in there so I can find out more about it? You know and someone got some insider information got to prepare for an interview in a way that is actually very natural for me i could probably do any day of the week it's not what the average person has access to in their network Um, people are asking for feedback on projects they're finding people to team up with Um, so it's personal and professional Um, just real i mean true networking and connection is one piece of it Um, we have industry-based collectives as well where people will connect based on what they're interested in their knowledge have conversations around that um, IRL events, um, but one of the things for us that was really transformative when thinking about building this was that, you know, by building a community where you need to buy an NFT to participate, that in and of itself is a financial gate, and it's also one that we cannot really control. You can price your initial mint, but the secondary market is irrational and fickle, and can go up and down, and it can go up way more than it should, and it can go down unrelated to fundamentals. Those aren't things that that truly you know, projects can control. And so one of the things that we thought a lot about was the ability for people to access you know, our community and our project, regardless of what happened with that. And so we pioneered the first of its kind lending technology on the blockchain, um, allowing people who hold multiple angels. So I have multiple angels. I you know, sit on the board of a nonprofit that helps refugees. I can lend one of my angels to the executive director or to a junior team member, whoever needs or wants that access. And I retain ownership of the angel, retain ownership of the NFT, but it transfers to their wallet. They can't sell it, they can't transfer it, but they can get all the member benefits and access the community. And we've done that with teenagers doing you know, civics work in East Asia. We've done it with single parents trying to understand this NFT landscape, but not sure they should put their rent money into it, which they shouldn't. We've done it with artists who are trying to figure out how to navigate this world. And so I think that is one of the things as well as putting forth technology that you know, it's just it's a model that others can then take um, for how we can be inclusive in the way that we build this
0: you know it's it's interesting we we met uh, some incredible founders recently that you know believe and i think we largely agree with them that it's kind of like one percent of the world um have kind of explored nfts you know even if, if we, you know <laughs> it, it, like like if that yeah if so if one percent of of the internet of the digital savvy um, Maybe and you know th- these numbers are reflected in, um, you know, in OpenSea and in um, Looks rare and wearable etc. And so, I guess, what's preventing like regular people from making these purchases? You know, is it that they're scared? Like it's so much speculation, they don't want to lose money. Is it that the UX just sucks?
3: The UX does suck as a product person. Does- the US- um, is the it's, terrible. it's because they don't know what
0: to buy, you know, they, they don't have the right things. referral points. Is it all the above?
3: Yeah. I think it's all of the above. Yeah. It's really high friction right now.
2: Um, and the analogy I use a lot is that we are at those early days of personal computers where you had to put in a floppy disk. And then you had to open up a command prompt and type C colon backslash. Arrow setup. Um, and there are all of these steps, and it's intimidating and it's not intuitive, and it's not like Steve Jobs' philosophy of you take it out of the box and you don't need instructions. and i I have conviction we will get there. Um, but we're still at those earliest stages. I you know it's referred to my wheel that I feel like the invention of the wheel right now, and we don't even have a wheel with yet. It's still a pottery wheel on its side. Uh, And I can see into the future to see what it looks like if it's a wagon wheel, but I can't see those higher order uses yet of it being a gear that's pulling down energy from a wind turbine and storing it into a battery. But I have faith that they're there. Um, And when you think about how rudimentary the technology is right now, you know, the lending technology that Alex referred to, that was an idea we came up with in November. And no one had done it before, like lending something on chain is something that had not yet been done before, and it's so basic and fundamental, uh, and we were able to think of this idea, bring it to life, now this thing exists that didn't before, um, and if something that simplistic is something I haven't even talked yet, just think about all of the possibilities that are out there that, uh, that really can be unlocked.
1: Yeah, I think that's so exciting and I think you're right. It's like it's cool to see the wheel kind of being built. It's like we're building the ship while we're flying it or the airplane or whatever. Um, And I think about that a lot, especially with, you know, there are a lot of pathways that this can go as a result. And it's really important to have people driving and creating solutions that make this uh, community or like a broader solution that a lot of people can unlock.
3: Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who talk about the space in very idealistic ways, especially people who've been in it for a long time about how decentralization is so powerful, and there's a lot of, of truth in those statements. But ultimately, just like in any other innovation, there's a new po- hierarchy, a new power structure, and new people making money, new people losing money. And um, you know, there's vested interest in the people building this to, make, to just replace the people who were in charge in Web 2. As much as we can talk about decentralization, there are definitely people and organizations who have outsized impact on the market. And so thinking about our responsibility as technologists, as entrepreneurs, as innovators, as leaders of what we build, who we build it with, who we build it for, I think those are all really important things.
0: I have a question for you guys. We actually spoke about this today um, at the ENIAC team meeting. Um, How kind of like Web2 founders can or cannot transpose to Web three. Like both of you are epic, you know, Web two founders, right? With um, obviously the Muse and with and and with Stella. Um, like, how do you see your skill sets kind of, you know, from original company building? How do you see that, you know, uh, being relevant, you know, in Web three or or not? And maybe some other founders that you've seen. Um, as well, either, you know, make the transition or not versus native, you know, native web three founders, which, by the way, that can that can also cut both ways uh, as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, the skills are, are all transferable. Um, you know, foundationally building a company, building a team, thinking about vision and direction and positioning and marketing, those are all things that carry over. And as we were building Meta Angels, you know, the Web3 piece of it was maybe 10% of the time and energy that we had to spend figuring out how we were going to launch this thing successfully. Um, Right now there are a lot of people reinventing the wheel uh, on uh, on those web three elements. You have a lot of smart Solidity developers writing the same smart contract over and over again, the same people deploying the same hash slips code to generate art. Um, it's one of the things we saw as a as a problem in the space and a problem that we were uniquely positioned to solve. And it's it's what we're doing with Angel Labs. I don't know, Alex, if you want to talk
3: about Angel Labs. Yeah, so I mean it was really interesting to go through this process and realize how much you know of what we have done as business builders is transferable obviously there are some things that are very unique to web3 i won't put that aside the dynamics of it how you think about building within that context particularly in online mostly anonymous context very different but the the fundamentals of how you think about runway how you think about team building how you think about um you know product and and, and how you know you manage those things are all very similar and the Web three is only one layer. The technology, understanding blockchain, the amount of solidity code, those things are all actually just a small piece. And so, Angel Labs was something that we concocted with Gabe, our, our third founder, the technical founder, um, who also went through Y Combinator, the, the batch after mine, and saying, you know, we've been through these accelerator programs that had a lot of um, impact on our businesses and on our networks and what we were able to do. Who's going to build the YC or the tech stars of Web three? And after going through our mint, we turned around and said, I think we're uniquely positioned to do this and to do this in a way that is not exploitative, that we're not here to take a third of people's mint and just hype it up, to choose companies that are really pushing the boundaries of technology and, and innovating and trying new use cases for what blockchain can do, just not another 10 K PFP drop. All of those things, we're like, this is something that's really important to us. Um, so, we received almost 3, I mean, 297 applications in a week and a half, two weeks um, for 10 spots in the class. Um, we may take a few more than that because there's so many talented people building in the space, um, but a really huge number of applicants. And it's going to be a 10-week program, taking people all the way from you know where they are pre mint to being ready for MINT uh, along four dimensions: so business building, art and art generation, technology, and community and marketing. And we've got incredible mentors lined up uh, from you know. All across Web3, as well as you know, tax and legal and all of the things people don't think about. Um, but one of the things that's been fascinating in the space is seeing people build um, who really are missing a lot of the business fundamentals. And as the space matures, um, as you know, mint revenue spent, Ill, you know, not so thoughtfully runs out. As the SEC or regulations start looking at the space more, like these are all things that are important to think about if you want to build something for the long term. If you want to build a business. Not just a one-off project. I think that's one of the things we're really looking at in the space. There's opportunity to build businesses that are, that have impact and longevity, and and those things we we really want to support and, and grow uh, through Angel Labs.
1: So, what kind of criteria were you using when you were selecting? Obviously, like there's a lot of people with a lot of good ideas. So, what were you indexing on
3: when you were picking those ten? We are still in the final rounds of selection, uh, actually. Uh, to, you know, in the next, the last 48 hours of, of decision making. So, so, it's not,
0: wait, it's not too late to apply.
3: It's too late <laughs> to apply, sadly. Okay. But it is, uh, it is. Uh, we just we did, did final rounds, of the last, you know, digging into the last uh, companies and interviews this week. Um, and Cheryl, who's our managing director there, has been killing it. Also, a TechStars alum, um, and EIR there. Um, but it's just been incredible to see. We, I mean really, what we looked for was new use cases experienced operators, um, people who really, you know, of those four dimensions we talked about, business building, art, tech, and, you know, community marketing, they might have one or two that are, you know, less strong for them, but they're really, really strong at the others. And so we can help an incredible operator with a great idea and a unique use case, figure out how to write this once that's not where they need to be spending their time. In fact, we don't need to reinvent the wheel with every smart solidity engineer writing the exact same gas-optimized smart contract, if that, many of them are not even gas-optimized. So those are the things we're trying to do is let's take away the stuff that's just repeating one-off stuff and actually, get to the business building, um, mm-hmm. and so that's the, the that's the lens we took. Um, also, looking for a, a diverse you know set of use cases, a diverse set of founders. We had incredibly diverse applicant pool. We sort of shared in a Twitter thread from the Angel Labs account, you know, who applied. It was really incredible to see.
2: Fifty five percent of the applicants were women, um, oh. and you think about like this is this is a, an accelerator. Founded by women, two women and one man, um, but it is not an accelerator for women. Uh, and that leadership at the top really signaled to the market uh, that it was open for everyone. I mean, it's a space of
3: what, 10% female? Something like that? I mean, it's, yeah. if you think it's about it, disproportionately. proportionally pulling. Um, same, you know, in terms of global representation, racial representation, age, right? This is not a Gen Z fun meme hype thing. That's not what NFTs are, as much as that's what people think from the outside. Um, there are uh, a lot. By of the family. way,
0: I just I just bought the domain Gen Z Hype Fun Meme thing.com. Yeah, go and for it.
3: It's gonna <laughs> go viral. Hype it's, that up.
0: <laughs> exactly. You know, one thing you mentioned um, the diversity. Obviously, within Angel Labs is incredible uh, in terms of the applications. But in Web three in general, do you see you know, we ask a lot against the same question. We get diverse responses, no pun intended. But do you see more or less diversity in Web three than Web two? And why do you think that is?
3: On the consumer side, I think there's still ways to go, and it depends what industry you're talking about. Um, I think the biggest difference I've seen has been when you think about the actual projects launching and what is getting um, the opportunity to exist in the space. Um, you know, for A lot of women people of color who have fundraised in silicon valley and other places and who know the numbers that less than three percent of venture capital goes to women and an even much smaller proportion to founders of color that is a real gatekeeping mechanism that is keeping things that consumers may actually want that are actually great ideas from being created and they're being looked at at a lens of will this 10x my investment as a venture capitalist or more not is it something that needs to exist and that people want and those are different questions so what's fascinating with me with Web3 is that with NFTs, through you know generating sales, instead of going out and fundraising, you can end up being able to actually build and you can let consumers select what they want to exist in the world and what they believe in, what they align with. Um, and so you're seeing a lot more global founders, underrepresented founders being able to find their consumer base and build without those gatekeepers deciding whether or not they get a shot. That's transformative as well.
2: And founders are able to build businesses on revenue like that. It's right, it's right. a miraculous thing to be able to, to, you know, within a few months of concepting an idea, be able to go out and sell this piece of technology to the market that is a piece of art on the front end and a contract on the back end um, and, um, and get the enthusiasm of the community and then be able to use that to build a business from that revenue.
1: That's i guess i have a question i think one thing i love all of the nft communities and just web3 communities but i sometimes find myself like i don't know if i'm ready to dive in fully and like commit to one what is your advice for somebody who wants to experience this but like i get so overwhelmed when i join a discord or um i'm just like reading up on something yeah Yeah, it it is (laughs) not
3: Discord's not user-friendly and it's, it's definitely an overwhelming space. And because it also moves 24-7, it can feel like a fire hose. absolutely drink it from a fire hose. Um, the two things I recommend to people before they actually buy NFTs is just lurk. On Twitter, in Discord, uh, there's a lot of communities that you can participate in without actually owning anything or buying anything or having any cryptocurrency. And watch, observe, decide if this is a place you like to be, see their behavior over time. Um, follow people on Twitter in the space. Um, there's some great folks. Seneca33 um, does a lot of good education on it. There's other folks as well. Curious Addy's Trading Company is a great introductory discord for the more technical questions. How do I set up you know, a wallet? How do I mint for the first time? They're very, very newbie friendly. And so finding those pockets, I think, is actually a really good first start. And then when you're ready, there's nothing like doing and learning by doing, but don't overextend yourself. You don't need to spend five hundred dollars on an NFT for your first mint because you think you're going to FOMO and you know you have to FOMO into something and hope that it turns that five hundred dollars into something else. Buy something smaller, buy an individual piece of art from an artist, buy a, you know a, a smaller collection that has a lower price, and 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 sort of let that be your learning as well.
0: <clears throat> we uh we got a question from uh, one of our listeners, um, Octavia Ramirez. Not a question more of a statement discord is a pain as a founder and a community member uh actually we have a, sure. <laughs> a we have a stealth company in eniac that's trying to build a way for uh creators to basically organize all of these crazy comments and maybe even automate a bounty to them you know uh, to their followers to do something but yeah every time i open this thing it literally like crashes my web browser i mean it's like too, too much too crazy Right, but are these the communities where all the action's happening? I mean, or are there also side kind of hustles on Telegram and and you know there's there's these new kind of chat platforms like Calm or what are you guys seeing?
3: Being Discord still being the the, you know elephant in the room, the big gorilla, uh, and I think it will be hard to move an entire ecosystem off of where everyone else is. Um, I'm seeing definitely for smaller groups WhatsApp, Telegram, sort of, but that feels like it's more the you know one to five hundred people alpha groups, not the community that need threads, that need links, that need a lot more there. Um, you know, I I hope Discord will take the opportunity, given the incredible influx of users they've gotten from it, to serve a new user base better. Um, but I think there is room for for other people to come in. It's just yet another thing to have open. And in a space that feels so overwhelming, saying, okay, I have my Twitter DMs, I've got Discord DMs, I've got my inbox, I've got, you know, I'm checking the cap the price of gas, like it's it's a lot for people, mm. um, and I and and honestly, I think Web three is the risk we have right now. Thinking about it longer term, is burnout in full industry burnout of mm. of project leaders and teams, but also of consumers. I see like, like people are them.
0: actually out of gas. Yeah.
3: People are out of gas, exactly. People are out of gas, and they're excited, and they get in, and they're like a couple months in, and they're just like, this is too much. Mm. I'm not even getting. My brain. Brain. Yeah. <laughs> And like and these're and
0: not even the the regular people right these are not even the nine these are this is still the less than one percent that, yeah. that are getting it's exhausted, that are getting it is oh. the
3: rounding up to zero percent you know earliest of doctors um, and I think some of that is the speed and the pace that are expected or that that people have come to associate with web 3 um, that are entirely about hype cycles
0: yeah I I have actually, another question from uh, Rikia yeah. Stewart how do you how do you how to help older users navigate web 3
3: yeah I think it's a great question, Elle, You want to take this one? or You want me to? Well, I was gonna, I was gonna push it over to you because my mom
2: still says NDF um, instead of NFT, and I know your mom has now minted an NFT.
3: So I yeah. will let you as the my expert- mom has minted NFT and verified with Lane on Discord, but like that's as far as she's gotten, and she does not spend every day in Discord. She's very healthy about boundaries. Um, but I think what's interesting about older users is it's it's like anything else. I think just with any new technology, there's always this sort of sense that, oh, my goodness, like, it's hard for older, older users, they're just as capable as anyone else. Um, The thing that has helped me most is to actually talk about analogies and help really find those real world parallels, whether that's talking about cryptocurrencies and parallels with real currencies and exchange rates and use cases, whether it's talking about NFTs and what that means. Um, And it's just simplifying it down. I think a lot of the space has gatekeeps through jargon, Right. And you use these words that it's not very clear what they mean. Um, but when I look at our community, we've got folks in their 40s, 50s, 60s and above who are participating, who mint uh, different collections, who are in and out of discord. And then we have folks in their 20s who are like, I have no idea what to do here. Everyone is new once. Everyone is new once. And so what I would do is encourage anyone listening, if you're curious, learn about it. Start there's a really good, you know, there's good articles, there's good resources, start with just, you know, finding out which part of it you're most drawn to and figure out if the communities are right for you, if you want to support individual artists, sort of which your why is very important in this space. Otherwise you get pulled in to what essentially is speculative trading instead of realizing this is my budget for fun, education or investment in art, or this is my budget for um, community, right? I pay membership dues to organizations this could fall within that budget. So just thinking about how you approach it, what it means for you, um, I think also helps you weed out the noise. Okay. Is there one
0: resource um, that you would point to, a book, a, a blog post, a pod? Um, and you can say Debro and Crypto if you want. Um, Debro okay. and Crypto, um, for sure. To, you know, to, for folks to get started.
2: I mean, I would I would echo what Alex said about Curious Addy's Trading Club. Um, They are building Duolingo for crypto. Uh, They have built out this experimental, experiential environment where you can go through the mode of actually buying NFTs and selling and and seeing what it's like to be in that market, but with not real money. Uh, So with low stakes, Curious Addy's Trading Club. It's uh, Curious A-D-D-Y-F. Uh, woman-led company. She uh, started it um, and is the CEO. And uh, they're really building some amazing things there.
0: Amazing. Uh, that is a great tip. Um, and I think we're we're out of time, Claire. You got you got a, one last fastball for Alex and Allie, and then we're gonna we're gonna ask right, you guys how to find you
1: now. So, but I don't know. This has been amazing. This is so informative. I mean. I am just feel lucky to have gotten this time. I feel like I've learned a lot and taken a lot away. Um, I guess just like, what are you most excited about in this space? It can be something you're working on or just broadly, but would love to hear what's getting you excited.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would say right now so much of my focus is on the companies that are going to be going through angel labs. Uh, just in that I've spent the whole week immersed in talking to them and learning their stories and hearing about their vision. I think we have such an amazing opportunity right now to help shape the innovation that's going to be coming out of the space in the next 12 to 24 months and really elevate the thought leaders who are Taking a grand vision of how we can leverage this technology in ways that integrate into people's lives in a way that that um, doesn't feel like it's friction that it is today, uh, and really taking a long view at how we build blocks to make an impact.
0: Amazing. And how do people, how do folks find you? Obviously, Meta Angels, you know, uh, by the way, you just got a bunch of Discord uh, <laughs> subscribers. Uh, from the comments here, who, who joined Meta Angels? Come
3: say hello in, in the general channel. Tag us, Alex and Allie. Um, so you can find it at metaangelsnft.com uh, is the website, Meta underscore angels on Twitter. Twitter's a great spot for folks to, to follow and, and learn more about this space. Um, and then us individually, I'm at, at ACAV, A C A V on Twitter, opine um, quite a bit on the space.
2: At uh, Alice Downey, just my name uh, on Twitter as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, congrats, uh, guys, on building an incredible community. And uh, it's been, you know, obviously epic to see also what you built, you know, in Web2 and, and how you bring that over, the love and the energy and the passion for community building in Web3. So congrats, hats off. Um, let us know how we can help. And thank you so much for, for being on the show.
2: Thanks for thanks having us. So for having us.